This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Well, thank you for taking the time to uh, listen to this podcast today. This is Shrimp Net number 13. Uh, and we hope that's, uh, we all hope it's unlucky for Accrington. Uh, as per, we have uh, Joel from the Trust. We have Charlie with his updates from the boardroom. Alongside a former player, um, which we'll talk about. And first team coach <laughs> under three different managers, John McMahon. John, thanks for joining us. Good evening and you're welcome. So... Start as we always do. We'll reflect on the uh, the last couple of games since we last spoke. Um, we were in the car on the way to Doncaster on Saturday, and there was five of us in the car, and we were musing on the fact that um, we thought we'd get a draw at Doncaster, and we thought we'd get a draw at Crewe. And I was the one who pointed out, well, I'd rather win one and lose one because you end up with one more point, and that's the way it worked out in the end. Joel, I'll come to you, Doncaster. Um, a very very tough game, as it proved on the day. They were uh, they were really really up for it, but I think they had luck on their side a bit. Yeah, I think obviously we we made a good chance with Wes McDonald coming through in the first in, in the first half, and obviously that, that's not going in because you know the, sometimes they just don't go in. And then obviously, yeah, the the biggest slice of luck is obviously that penalty. Uh, I've looked at it back, and uh, and I really can't fathom what the ref thought it might have been instead like you know when 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 sometimes you don't get given the penalties like say a player's the the opposition's tripped your player and you can kind of think well maybe the ref thought uh, that your player jumped over the opposition player's leg or something like that for a dive so you can kind of you, you think it's wrong but you can kind of see a reasoning that the ref might have had but with this one it's just i i can't possibly think what the ref thought might have happened so yeah a, a bit of a big blunder there but you know I think like like manager said you know you, you got to try and focus on the things that you can control and obviously it didn't, it didn't, it didn't work out on, on on Saturday I think Doncaster I was watching the game back and I thought Doncaster came out a bit better and a bit stronger in the second half and they pressed a bit better and they controlled the ball a bit better after being a bit rubbish in the first half I thought that I thought they were pretty poor but uh and they've obviously we've been done on a set piece again which is a shame but of it but on the flip side, again, Stephen Robinson made this point. We've not conceded a lot of chances from open play. I think we will, for, for, in terms of the numbers on that, we're one of the better sides in the division. But it's just, at least we, there's an area, <laughs> at least we know there's an area we can focus on that's set plays and, and you know, focus on improving that. But yeah, shame to lose. But obviously, as I'm sure we'll come to, we bounce back on Tuesday. So, uh, John, what was, the, uh, what was the, the coaching staff's take on that? I think, uh, some of yourselves, I didn't think we were, we were fantastic in the game, but looking on reflection in the game as well, I think we still done enough to win the game. Um, Wes goes through, should score really. Uh, obviously, the penalty is a penalty. Uh, there's no excuses f- uh, for the referees in a good position. He just chose uh, not to give it. He thought it wasn't a pen. So, frustrating, although it is, you have to accept them decisions. Um, I think we still get some good chances as well. Obviously, Cole 
gets one blocked uh, in front of goal by Adam Phillips, who, who runs offside. So <laughs> again, and then we have another one with uh, with Cole in, in the last minute. You know, and the keeper makes it a great save, really. So we were disappointed not to come away with at least a point. Uh, and then looking at the game as a whole, um, we should have come away with three, really. Yeah, I don't think you could argue with that, Charlie. What was your take on that penalty? I, um, I, they, they touched on it on Quest. They didn't show it in the highlights, but then they actually mm. chose to show it as a separate and and say, how is he not given that rugby tackle as a penalty? And I just burst out laughing with like, that's what it was. It was a rugby tackle. Yeah, I believe the term is um, absolutely robbed. <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, 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 you could possibly say that. We're supposed to be non-biased, but yes. I yeah, I mean, it's funny on Quest because I don't know if you watch everybody, but Jerry McEnough is a, is a really great pundit, I think, coming through. He, uh, he's, he's famous for always saying all pen- the penalty appeals are never penalties. If he's given a penalty on that one, it's definitely a penalty. Yeah, yeah with absolute, without absolute doubt. Um, mm. So you saw the game, Charlie. Um, not the greatest of performances, but um, you know we, we look at it now, and as I said, we've taken three points away at Crew. We've bounced back really well, and from those two fixtures, you'd take three points. Yeah, I think um, not to spoil my program notes that are available in Derek Quincy program in the, in, for the next two games. But um, he texted Derek, texted me at uh, on Monday morning saying, "I need I need program notes in for six o'clock tonight." as in Monday night, because it's going to print on Wednesday. I was like, Quinny, I'm not going to write any programme notes until, until 10 o'clock on Tuesday night, because I'm pretty sure that the feeling in the camp is going to be a lot different by that time. And uh, luckily I was right, so I, I, could, uh, I could write an article about it. But, um, you know, we were doing everything right. Um, and my, my, uh, I, think I, finished the, I think I finished it on by saying, you know, for all the fans that get frustrated with a, a you know, a Wimbledon and a Doncaster, there's a there's a crew and a Sheffield Wednesday around the corner. You know, and bring it back to to uh, Stephen's now pretty famous. Steve, everyone's mentioned this five game block thing. You noticed? And it, it's <laughs> strange. Dave I'm Salmon all the way through. Quinny, um, you know, if we, get, if we get a couple more good results, we'll be way ahead of target. And it's funny. It's funny that because uh, that's that was that was copyright uh, shrimp net. Shrimpnet number eleven. That <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in, just to just to give you even, even more tease about these program notes, I have actually put in there. If you don't know what the five game block theory of, of Steve Robinson is, please listen to Shrimpnet episodes uh, ten and twelve. Yeah, yeah, true. Well done, well done, Charlie. I'm impressed. <laughs> so moving back to Joel, uh, Tuesday night um, didn't it, we didn't start particularly well, but uh, first sort of six seven minutes, crew very good at keeping the ball. They've got some. Really, really decent players in midfield. Robertson, I particularly liked on the night. He was uh, probing, and but we changed our lineup to have uh, one midfielder who would get beyond the ball in Adam Phillips. And to my mind, it, it changed our tactics in the first twenty minutes because obviously we ended up scoring. Yeah, it was very positive. Uh, the, the reaction on on Tuesday, like especially when you compare it to the last couple of trips to crew, which have obviously been five months <laughs> yeah. you know, on that they, they, they weren't very fun. So it was nice to go back and actually, you know, have something to cheer about. But uh, yeah, I think it, it was weird watching crew because like I compare them in some ways to, to teams like we played like, like Shrewsbury, I thought we were very poor and Doncaster, I thought we were really poor at times as well. Uh, I compare them, I thought crew in many ways were quite a lot better, but then it did 
seemed like they had a few frailties, maybe with wingers not tracking back properly. I don't know. That might have been where the first goal came from with that lovely pass and went out to uh, Greg Lee, got him very easily there. So I, I, I don't know. Obviously, they probably do have some frailties, and that's why they're down at the bottom. But, you know, yeah, we, we, obviously, we, we, with like you mentioned with Adam Phillips, he's somebody who's going to run in and uh, get into the area. Maybe a bit more so than somebody like McCalmont, who's probably more of a kind of, he likes to dictate play from deep, maybe. But yeah, like Adam Phillips, I kind of I heard Aaron Wilding make the comparison with Bruno Fernandez uh, last season. And obviously, it, it's a lofty comparison, but I get what he's saying, and, and, and I feel like Adam Phillips just religiously wants to get everything forward and, and just make everything go forward and attack quite a lot. So I think you do get that with him. And then on the wings, I don't, I don't, I, I, I maybe John will be able to kind of uh, comment on this more, but. Uh, I noticed we had Nahua and McDonald. They were swapped around. They usually play on the kind of inverted flanks coming in, but they were on their outside. So McDonald right footed on the right hand side, and Nahua on the left hand side. I don't know if that might have been a bit more of a move to try and get more crosses in because I know obviously Stephen Robinson's been talking a lot about that. And obviously we see the first two goals they come from crosses, and we could have had another one with Cole getting one blocked on the line. So I think you know. We could see a lot of improvement. You know, we, we, we kind of let crew have the ball in certain areas. Uh, we were able to contain them a bit. And then when we had to defend doggedly, we did, you know. Shane McLaughlin getting stuck in, making a good block. I remember in the second half, and then obviously Leatherin pulling off a few absolutely blinding saves. So, yeah, throughout the team, lots of really good performances. And it's, it, it is important, John, at this stage of the season, particularly with, uh, as we know about, Stephen's five-game five game blocks, that we actually, you know, we, we got something from that game because um, the crew commentators that I've listened to were, were making out that it was going to be quite... An, their, their season had started last Saturday by beating Burton and they were looking to carry that on. And obviously we gave them a bit of a shock going two goals to the good. But you've got, as, as, a, as a whole team performance, you've got to be really pleased with Tuesday night, haven't you? Yeah, we, we were, you know. I mean, you've touched on the fact that... Uh, we have looked at the stats and, and, and performances um, early in the season and yeah, part of them figures where we weren't getting enough crosses in. So, you know, when, we, when we're doing training sessions and planning sessions and leading up to games, you know, that's part of the, the thought process of how we're going to break teams down. Um, you know, and, and, and for us, it's, you know, it was getting wider, getting crosses in and unfortunately, you know, some games it works and some, some it doesn't. But, uh in the whole, I heard you mention about Adam being in the side to get forward, but you know you, you need you need them to do the whole job and not just the forward part of the job. So you know you're in a, you're in the team for a reason, not just to score goals, but to also defend as well, which you know he did as well. So it's not just Adam; it's 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 the whole group of players that when they come in to 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 do, to do a job, they know the role, uh, and I think they're all getting there now. You know they're all. Realising what the role is when when they're in a side and and how important it is to to do uh, both sides of the job, you know, the attacking and the defending as well. So um, at the minute, there's still uh, there's still lots to work on, but you know we'll keep ticking along. And like you say, the crew would have been expected to win that one, which is uh, you know that's up to them. But we certainly weren't expecting to lose it. We were expecting to win it as well, like we were expecting to win the Doncaster game. And I still feel on the whole. Um, we had more possession uh, against Doncaster than we did against Crew, you know. So possession is not always uh, 
going to get you the result, really, as as you well know. But you know, I didn't think we were as bad as sort of you 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 making out there against Doncaster. We had some uh, some good opportunities as well. So yeah, we were disappointed. Uh, yeah, a fantastic attitude to bounce back against Crew, uh, and let's hope we can continue uh, into Saturday. Yeah, I don't. I didn't say we. It was. I don't think it was a particularly. It wasn't a particularly good game at Doncaster, particularly in the final thirds. That was my criticism. And the fact there was lots of decent football played up to sort of like 30 yards from goal by both sides. But then defensives were very much on top. And some of the chances that we conceded were probably of our own, you know, poor passes and uh, interceptions, etc. And the same for them. So that's what I was alluding to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, do, I do take your point. Um, so we'll, go, we'll move on to Charlie now. Uh, Tuesday night, Charlie, um, you, as you said, you waited to do your programme notes. You've got to be chuffed to bits with that. Because as Joel has said, last time, last time I went to Crooks, 5-0, which was a goal better than the time before, which was 6-0. Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, one of the big performances for me was Scott Wooten. Yeah. Um, in centre-half, you know, there's a lot of people worrying about Sam, Sam leaving a big hole. And I think he's really come into his own in the last couple of games. Some of the passing he's done has been really, really... Uh, amazing, and he looks like a really good prospect. Obviously, got Delaney in the back in the wing as well, and um, Jacob Mendes did well um, in the in the Everton game, didn't he? So we, we've got some good options there. But that was really good. I felt um, Kyle obviously the really, Jocko's been doing pretty well, but Kyle was a bit of a calming influence and looked a bit more solid. All in all, um, I was absolutely delighted. And why not? Long may it continue. So, right, John, we'll come to you now. Um, our, some of our younger listeners will not realise, like Joel, uh, that, you actually, <laughs> that you actually played uh, for the Shrimps uh, in the early 90s. I think you had it. Yeah, how many seasons did you have with us? A couple? Yeah, it was a couple, couple of seasons, yeah. yeah. A couple of seasons. I know Brian Griffiths signed you. And uh, I, it was, I know it was 92, 93, definitely, because... Um, as I was alluding to before we came on air, I've actually got which I've had. If though, for those watching on YouTube, you can see me lifting up uh, the. Uh, this is the second ever Corpus Christi fanzine that myself, Glenn, and Simon Atwood did. Uh, we were getting crowds of about what three hundred at the time. If we were doing okay, John. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky to get three hundred. And do you know how many of these we were selling? Two hundred. Five hundred. <laughs> yeah, we were selling two hundred of these. Would you believe yeah. in a crowd of three hundred and fifty? But as you can see from the front of that, I don't know if you can see it. I'll try and get it a bit, a bit. There you go. Um, if you look closely, you can see that uh, the cover of the fanzine has Snow White, and she's wagging a finger at all the seven dwarves, and she's actually saying it doesn't matter how many times you beg, you can't play in midfield for Morecambe. You're all far too tall, and that was the joke at the time because our midfield was uh, John, who is. Uh, Five, six and a half. Yes, don't forget the half inch makes a big difference. Uh, yeah, of course it does. Uh, Steve Horrocks, uh, who was probably five, six. Yeah, man. Uh, and Jimmy Brown. And Jimmy Brown was, well, if he was, if he was five, six, I'll eat hey, with a donkey. Oh, I think Brown is, yeah, Brown's half an inch taller than me, I think. Oh, is he five, seven? Yeah. He's five, seven. And uh, oh, the only thing I'll say was that uh, Steve... The great thing about you three is in midfield where you could all play football, but you could all put your foot in, but you didn't win many headers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won our first year, don't worry. I was on, <laughs> on Brownie's shoulders at some point. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, those were those were. I, I know you enjoyed your time at, at Morecambe then, and obviously it's a completely different club. Christy Park didn't look like anything it ended up looking like. But I know, uh, I know you got a lot of respect for Griff at that time, didn't you? Yeah, I thought it was uh, again a, a nice football uh, man. Knew, knew the players, knew the game. Was very respectful, uh, and, and he wanted to play in the right way. Uh, he wanted you to play football. He wanted you to compete and work hard. And again, you know, give the fans some entertainment for their, you know, they're coming through the gates. They're paying good money. They want to see uh, passionate football. And, and Griff was in Griff was in that mould himself. Yeah, very much so. And uh, I alluded to the fact that before we came on air that um, a lot of fans won't realise that uh, a lot of the players that Griff signed uh, went on to become very, very successful, uh, get us promoted in 95 into the conference uh, and obviously uh, helped us establish, get established in the conference. And without that lot of lift up from the Northern Premier League, which was a tough division to get out of, John, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, there's some uh, really good sides, some... Uh, some tough, tough games, you know, going the, the, the away games, you know, really, really tough. Um, and a lot of uh, good footballers within them leagues. So it was, you know, to get out of them leagues was, you know, was an achievement in itself. And so what we're looking back at, at the Griff's time now, and he, like I say, he did sign, he was lucky enough that he, he came to the club and we'd just paid a record fee for Ian Kane. But I know he signed, you know, uh, Coley, Robbie Armstrong, Gary Dulligan, Paul Tomlinson, yourself. Um, Peter King, uh, loads of others over the years, um, and that helped, helped us get established in the conference, which we wouldn't be where we are now. But did, you, did at that time when you were playing and you were a very very good non-league player, did you always think I want to stay involved in football? Uh, yes, it was. Uh, you know, if it's not playing the top flight, it's playing the next best level you can do. You know, it was always that way. Um, Either you want to play football or you don't. Some people are not really, although they say the footballers, they don't really like playing football, which is incredible. You know, whether you're getting paid or not, to go and play football, to be fit enough to play football is, uh, is one thing. Uh, and to actually get paid to play, you know, you're privileged. I was in a privileged position where I was fortunate enough to, to, to get paid to, to play football. So, you know, that's that's the way I saw it. Uh, and to, to go and enjoy something... Uh, was even even more fulfilling for me. And and looking at your your career with us now, you're you're in a um, an invidious position because we can talk to you about Jim Bentley, and then we can talk to you about Derek Adams, and now we can talk to you about Steve Robinson because you've out you've outlasted two of those, haven't you? Well, that's that's a that's a rare thing in football, isn't it? You know, you, you're not normally at a club for, for for many years for for whatever reasons, whether a manager goes or you're the first to go, so. You know, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, to work with them three people, like you say, and, and some fantastic, uh, some fantastic coaches and, and, and people to work with. For me, it's, you know, every one of them I learn from, every one of them you're picking bits up from, uh, and every one of them I've got massive respect for. And it's, it's I know when you became involved, and I, I, I was fortunate enough to bump into you and say sort of like, welcome back and it's great and blah, blah, blah. And it didn't actually take, it took a little bit of time, but then you, you got involved in the first team. And I, I, I hope you don't mind, but, I, you know, speaking to the first team players at the time, they were impressed with your coaching because they always said, John McMahon is always really, really positive. And you always want to, you know, turn with the ball, look forward if you can, et cetera, et cetera. That's what came back. So that's, that's 
I presume that's why Jim and Ken got you involved with the first team because you brought something different to them too. Yeah, well, I think it, it was at a time, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough role as it is, the, the, manager's, the manager's job. So if you can add any anything to sessions to, to help the manager, then, you know, you know that's, that's, that's all it was there for me. My initial role was head of coaching. Uh, so I was going in and working with all the age groups from the under eights right through to, you know, the, the, the reserve side then. Uh, and then Jim asked me would I come along and do some sessions and it grew from there really uh, the fact that uh, some of the first team lads have spoke highly of the sessions you know I, I thank them for that yeah, I was just there to do a job and hopefully it was uh, it was highly thought of um, you know and again you're there to, to help uh, the manager and, and his assistant uh, Kenny you know it was, uh, it was good times again always learning always a difficult um position to be in, uh, you know, to try and get results uh, based on, on, on the position that we were in at the time. And then I'm moving on to Derek and Derek came in and was like, um, I'll say a, a, a breath of fresh air because he was, because he was a completely different character to Jim, but he did his background checks and he decided, yes, I want John McMahon as, as my coach, uh, which must have been, was that a surprise to you or were you happy with that? Um, yeah, we had the conversation. Obviously, go to that Jim. Jim left. You know, uh, I've still got a lot of time for Jim. Still, we still talk and uh, you know discuss things. Uh, and I was absolutely gutted that you know Jim decided to leave. Uh, Derek come in, and again, you're in a position. My, I was still head of coaching my my role, uh, and Derek said, "Listen, he's got no uh, no preconceptions of bringing his own assistant in." Um, Let's see how it went for a couple of weeks. If I was prepared to stay and work, uh, work with the first team still, uh, which which he agreed to. After a couple of weeks, then he obviously said, "Listen, I quite like the way uh, it's working. Uh, would I like the position? Yes or no?" Uh, and uh, I said, "Let me have a think about it." And a couple of days later, you know, I thought it was the right thing to do. Um, and again, learned so much off Derek. Yeah, listen. No two managers are the same. Everyone has their own uh, way of playing, their own style of management, uh, and it doesn't make one right and one wrong. You know, it, everyone's different, and that's what makes uh, that's what makes football characters and and the way people work. You know, it's always intriguing for me to see how uh, they do their jobs. So we, we're coming coming now to uh, Steve Robinson and Dermot O'Carroll. Again, um, Derek did a brilliant job last year. There won't be anybody who will say a word against him. Absolutely, we, yeah. We played a particular way, which was very, very successful, given the players that a lot of players that he'd signed and the the systems that we employed. Were am I right in thinking now under Steve and Dermod, it's a bit more. We're a bit more football orientated, and we're a bit more. Um, worried about let's try and keep the ball rather than what to do when we've not got it. Um, no, not really. I think pe- people are people are. I don't know. Maybe have the wrong opinion. They're, they're, like all managers, their job is to win football matches. Now, however you decide to win that match or one trying to win that match, that's up to you. Uh, was Derek successful? Yes. Was his style of play uh, easy on the eye? Sometimes I thought we played some yeah, fantastic did. football. Yeah, did did he get the job done? Yeah, there's lots of different styles and, and ways of playing football. But at the end of the day, 
people want to see you winning football. You know, that's what that's what they want to see. It's no use playing fantastic football and then losing one or two nil. You know, at the end of the day, the manager wants to win football matches and judge don't win a football matches. And I'm sure uh, the gaffer coming in now, uh, he's the same. He wants to win football matches. Uh, if we can get an ugly one nil win, brilliant. If he can get a fantastic football and display and win one nil, even better. But ultimately, we want him in football matches. Yes, he's come in uh, with sort of a um, different uh, style of playing uh, and the sessions are uh, certainly different. But, you know, ultimately, it's all about uh, looking at the opposition, playing against the opposition and trying to outwit and outplay the opposition and coming away with the three points. So finally from me, uh, before I let Joel loose, <laughs> um, Finally, from me, just uh, you've obviously got a, a massive history, um, particularly at Morecambe Football Club, with a lot, of, you know, a large part of your, you know, a decent part of your playing career, and also now as, as a coach. Yeah. Are you ever in a situation now where you think I want to go it alone? I'd like a manager's job somewhere, even if it was non-league, because you had non-league experience. Uh, no, I don't, I, I've never, I've never, I've had obviously experiences of being a caretaker manager at clubs. Uh, and that was thrust upon me. Uh, never really enjoyed the role. Um, no, it's not. It's not a sort of a, a job I'd want. It's not a manager's job. I'm quite uncomfortable with that type. That sort of a front of house, so to speak. Uh, I quite like being in the background. Quite like just going about my work quietly. Although some might think a bit different when they hear me shouting. Uh, I tend to want to stay out, uh, out the way. Just. Uh, quietly work away in the background and to be honest you're quite fortunate to get me on tonight really it's, it's, this could be me, me, me one and only <laughs> me one and only venture on it so uh, think yourself lucky because you know crime watching the police might be watching this and I'm in trouble <laughs> so uh, so my final thing is I, I, I think I, I think I, I have a theory why you don't want to be a manager and it's because you wouldn't be able to wear shorts all the time am I right? No, you can wear shorts as a manager, don't you? It'd just, it'd just be uncomfortable in the boardrooms. But again, it's something I don't. Now, when I was playing, when I was a young boy at Everton, you know, the coach then, Colin Harvey, we weren't allowed to train in, in tracksuit bottoms. Uh, and, you know, the thought process was behind it is you can't play in them, so why train in them? Yeah. You know, you become whether you can't play in a hat, so warm up in a hat, but. You don't don't train in a hat, and you know, and that's something I've I've followed through through all my coaching uh, my coaching career and, and and the roles I've had at clubs, even with Liverpool, uh, yeah. which was uh, difficult at times. Telling some of them senior players, especially you know uh, your Andre Vardens and that, take your hat off. Uh, no coach, went, no no no, take your hat off. Or you you can't train. No, okay then, no problem. Then you go. And he took yeah. his hat off in the end. So, no problem, let's go. Take your hat off and train or keep your hat on and go back in the building. It's up to you. And the reason being, once you explain that this, can you play in that hat? No, fine, no problem. Then don't train there. Then people are good with that, but the shorts thing is exactly the same as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you, you, you can't play in them, so you know, don't train in them. I, I'm quite comfortable in just my shorts anyway, so 
Uh, yeah, we had noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Just got no feelings left for all the operations I've had on my legs. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, ah, see, that's the key. All your nerves are dead, so you can't feel the cold. There yeah, you that, absolutely. Right, I hope I haven't stolen your thunder, Joel. I'm sure you've got far more in-depth questions than that. <laughs> I was I was looking forward to the uh, never being a manager question, but uh, don't worry, I've got I've got some reserve. But actually, to be honest, actually, I think we may as, we might as well call it here because we've got an anecdote about telling Andre Von Rorinen not to wear a beanie. So, like, yeah, I don't, how can it get even? How can this podcast get any better? I think we you know need. What, <laughs> I think I think it was two months after World Cup duty as well. By the way, so. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, that's great. Fantastic. But uh, So obviously going on to your time at Morecambe, uh, obviously Freeze touched on a bit uh, how you, you played under different managers. So how has, has your role changed much between managers? And, and maybe do you kind of look at different managers and see what kind of manager they are and kind of adapt how you are to kind of fit around them? Um, you have to adapt in certain areas, but again, you've just got to be yourself and, and, and just do what's asked of you, really. Some managers will want more from you than others. Uh, you, you, if you change your, your personality and, and the way you go about things, I think you're just being untrue to yourself, really. I don't think you're going to do the job you can do to, 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 to your full potential. So, uh, again, it's like... Uh, coaches are similar to players if a manager comes in and he doesn't like what you're doing you're not going to be there too long uh, so hopefully that's uh, you know the manager the gaffer now would obviously appreciates uh, and likes what I'm doing if not then you know there's only going to be one outcome that's the same it's exactly the same with players so but you know really enjoying uh, what I'm doing I'd like to think I offer uh, and I have offered uh, Jim when he was here uh, and Derek when he was here and hopefully uh, in the gaffer now, you know, hopefully you, you, you feel part of the team and you're offering something towards uh, what we all want and that's successful players on, on the pitch. And kind of in regard to those three managers, obviously not wanting to, I don't expect you to kind of tell me the whole philosophy or anything, because, <laughs> but uh, what were the kind of key, would you highlight any kind of key differences between Jim, uh, Jim Bentley, Derek Adams and Stephen Robinson? Um, I think... Jim is the younger of all of them. I think Jim was Jim is is, is sort of a, a player's player. Early, you know, he he wanted to be uh, still buddies with the friends, like all managers do, and he get on well. But you know, there's obviously a line he crossed. Jim is still getting experience now, uh, great knowledge of the game, uh, really, really uh, friendly with the players, uh, and was really caring and, and like most managers are. Um, and a real empathy with the, uh, with the with the fans as well, obviously being a player there as well. Uh, Derek was, uh, he'd come in and he was really focused on uh, on different areas of the club. Uh, his main uh, focus was uh, not worried about uh, how we get results, how we play, just to get the results. Uh, and if anything was uh, in, in the way of that, then, you know, we push it aside. And there was a big, big focus on, Whatever it took uh, to get uh, the results, uh, he would do it, and nothing stood in the way. Nothing. Players, uh, days off uh, were very, <laughs> were very rare. To be fair, but you know, it was a winning formula for him and for the club. And you, you, you can't knock people like that. You know, that's just that's the way people work. If that's the way they work, and it's successful, then it's successful. And you've got to credit people for, for the way they go about that. Jim's was successful in. In, in all his years he was there, you know, I mean, Kenny did, did, 
the, the, the job they done, they done was incredible for for the for the funds and the budget uh, that they worked on. You know the stresses, uh, the training facilities, just everything seemed to be uh, against the club. But again, Jim and Kenny made the environment a special environment for the players to, to learn and then thrive on, which they did, and they was very successful in, in what they done to to keep the club in the, in the league for all them years. Derek again different, uh, you know, and then now uh, the gaffer's come in and he's different again. So you just got to be adaptable uh, and be there to help and support both the manager and the players uh, to get what they want. And surely now the, the the training facilities that you've seen the change in, it, it, it's uh, it's luxury now, isn't it, John? Um, it's it's a lot better than what it was. We still we still love our own. Uh, you know, to be able to come in and just be, you know, just have that solely for us, because uh, we're still, um, you know, having to having to move around pitches, areas, and uh, although the facilities are really good at uh, at the uni, you know, that they've been very welcoming and they do a, a fantastic job for us. Uh, there's still nothing like having your own training facility where, you know, it's solely yours. You can you can really uh, put some good work on it rather than having to adapt and move. Uh, pitches and areas and that, um, but take nothing away from Lancaster Uni. They do accommodate us. They do a great job. The staff there are, are very welcoming and, and you know and accommodating to us. So it's a lot better than what it was for sure. Uh, going forward, we would still like to see uh, you know like everything. We we want to get better uh, as a group of players uh, and for the club to improve also, which would mean hopefully. Uh, Buying our own training ground, uh, ultimately. So uh, all all listeners uh, keep buying the lottery tickets. Yes, please. So with 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 the new manager coming in, obviously it was a, it was a hectic week with Derek going a few days after Wembley. Interviews happened over the weekend. And I think it was Monday or Tuesday, something like that. Just very very soon after yeah. Stephen gets announced, and, and first thing he's got to do, he comes in, and there are pretty much the whole squad are out of con- contract, and I'm assuming. In making those decisions, uh, you were a pretty key point of contact, having worked with the players for the season. And was that quite a difficult thing for you? Obviously, you come you come away a week after that kind of big high of Wembley, and then you've got a kind of almost probably give quite cold assessments of players to to the new manager coming in. Was that quite a difficult thing to do? Um, it is really what what it did do. It give it give the guy for a blank canvas to work with. You know, obviously, you think he was. Um, Carlos was uh, was uh, he had a, a, an extra uh, one year um, on his contract. Sam was the same, so I think there was three in contract, um, and then you know the rest. Uh, it's up to to, to to the gaffer coming in to either um, resign some of the players or you know let the contracts expire uh, and bring in his own staff, which was. Uh, you know what ultimately he decided to do, which is again, I think, is really, really tough challenge to bring so many new players into a club. Uh, and I think his decision making and his recruitment has been fantastic so far. You know, so so every credit that the work that's gone into it from himself and from them has been has been incredible. You know, he's he's relied on a lot of people to sort of um, fall back on and give judgments and and, and prod him about certain players. Uh, so, you know, I think they've done an unbelievable job in, in what we've got so far. Uh, not that it's finished by a long chalk. We'll be two or three years, I think, before, you know, we really see 
that team gelling and, 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 and what we really want. So in terms of the recruitment, do, do you have much say in the recruitment? Do you, or is it more occasionally as a sounding board? Um, now, now it's a discussion about players, obviously. Um, players in the building, we're looking at uh, targets, we're looking at areas to improve on where we need to strengthen. Um, so we're always discussing areas of improvement as regards the squad. Uh, and then that then come the discussions about players and individuals. So, uh, yeah, players will get put forward and we'll have a discussion about them, the pros, the cons, uh, and what's best for the, for the club. So now there's a, a discussion. Previous to that, obviously, uh, the gaff had to make decisions without, you know, any any discussions because we were all on, we were not at the club at that time. But uh, so he's uh, had to make them decisions uh, and make the decisions quickly, which is it's always tough coming into a club like that. So uh, you know, fair play and every credit to to the job he's done so far and, and the players he's recruited, which is you know fantastic testament to one. Uh, is his judgment in players and two uh how he sees them fitting into the club you know it's a, it's a good fit really oh, thank you very much Be interesting good questions as always joel uh miles more in depth than my rubbish well done <laughs> charlie your favorite john who's your favorite pardon jim derrick or, or steven who's your favorite <laughs> who's my favorite dancer dancer <laughs> all three Send me a text, send me a text, don't pass on. Yeah, no, no, very good. No, no, John, you're out is Brian Griffiths, isn't it? Oh, Griff, Griff was the best one, yeah. yeah uh, class, absolute class. I'll go on record saying that John was very modest there. I know for a fact from the, the, uh, the difference in the, the video behind me to two days later, Joe not being there and just having three, con- two, three or four players in contract and Stephen coming in. I know he was very, very, very valued sounding board on the what to do and uh, Stephen and Dermot really, really valued his support. So uh, I think he's been a bit modest there. That's very kind of you, Charlie. I think he's been quite modest all along, to be absolutely truthful, but that's just me. But anyway, so Charlie, um, I'm looking forward to your programme notes on Saturday. We'll move on. We'll talk about uh, two upcoming, upcoming home games. Accrington played for, uh, sorry, played one four, lost four. Uh, which is an interesting stat from the point of view. They're, uh, they're minus three on the goal difference after a, a heavy defeat at home. John Coleman, uh, who played with John in his time at Christie Park, a Morecambe legend. Um, they always give us a tough game, do Aki, and they're set up always to play football. Yeah, it's, uh, I remember about five years ago, James and James Wakefield and our friend Darren Mills and I went to Accrington Stanley on a Friday night in the Freezing cold rain, we lost 3-1 and uh, it was a bit of a dark day but um, they, they always, give, always have a good game with them. Joanna Sullivan, I don't know if he's going to be playing on Saturday but he's obviously coming back um, and uh, we're looking forward to it and hoping that the mushy peas are being released instead of the processed peas in the, uh, in the uh, catering, catering establishments as well. I know, I know, that, was, I know that, was your, uh, that was your complaint last time, wasn't it? I wasn't bothered, I quite like processed peas with a pie but I'll take mushy on Saturday. But, um, you know, it's funny that John, John and I were talking last week about the table. They were second in the table, weren't they, two games ago? Yeah. Now they're, now they're mid-table. If we win on Saturday, we go above them. Yeah. It's crazy, 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 crazy league. It's, uh, it's uh, just really, really exciting. And, um, you know, it's going to be a big, 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 big game. And like, like uh, we, also, we also think about um, 
both Accrington and Lincoln, our goal is to be a sustainable, profitable, competitive League One club. They've or both of those clubs were playing in the next two home games. Have both come from, you know, lower league. Gone up there. Andy Holt's done a fantastic job developing young players, selling them on. You know, you know, we've got a lot to learn from those two clubs. And if they can do it, and obviously if they can do it, we can hope we do it as well. I sincerely hope so. Yeah, um, like like you said, you've, this league at the moment is very, very, very entertaining, isn't it? It's all over the place. That's fantastic. So, so presumably, John, after the uh, the win at Crew, you haven't got a right lot of time to work with the players to plan something for Accrington, have you? Um, we've always got, always got plans in place, you know, uh, behind the scenes. Um, you know, Harry, who's the analyst, is, is doing his yards as well. He's putting the yards and the mileage in. And, in getting the stuff ready for, for the next opponent. So, you know, there's always plans in place. Um, but, I, like you said, uh, the, it's two games a week. Everything's hectic. It's from one to the other. Uh, recover, work on the opposition, uh, reflect on what we've uh, what we've been through. So, you know, it is a, a hectic schedule. But presumably looking at... Um... Play, and I'll, I'll come to Joel with this one as well, both you and John. You, you know how Coley's going to play. He, he's, a, he's a bit of a purist, is Coley, as well as a pragmatist. He likes him to keep it on the deck and move it, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, looking at the, the, the some of the, the stats from like the previous few seasons, are, are kind of they're quite weird. They have lots of lots of like they're quite direct, and they have a lot of kind of entries into the into the box that they yeah. seem and lots of chances, but they don't always. They're a little bit wasteful, but it's just lots of just. It just seems very quite quite attacking and getting forward. Them there is I've not seen them play in such a long time, but I've kind of seen these numbers pop up on my on my little geek sphere on Twitter. Yeah, and, the first uh, the, the first in in the league for for playing directly into the strikes, the first in the league for balls uh, from the up uh, from their own half into the penalty area. So you know that suggests in itself they are very very direct. Uh, if it's successful, then you know that's that's the way they want to go. Like I alluded to before, you can't always play fantastic football and win football matches, you know. But I think um, Coley has done a, a really, really good job there. Him and Jimmy Bell, you know, they they know the leagues, they know the players, uh, and they know how to win football matches. And uh, I wouldn't be sucked into that. It's total football because uh, it's not for me, really. You know, he has a really winning formula. Uh, of uh, you know, it suits him and it suits his it suits his players. Yeah, like okay. I said, a pragmatic goalie. Uh, he was the same <laughs> as a player, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was horrible as a player. Yeah. Yeah. I I always remember. I was. I can't remember where we were, John. And I don't. I don't know if you were playing that day, but we were winning somewhere three two with about a minute left, and he deliberately stood by the corner flag waving like that, going to me, to me, and then. Somebody passed him and he went, oh, I'm miles offside and kicked the ball over the fence because he knew it had just waste time. Well, that's, he, that's typical he's a clever, he's a, he's a clever, clever footballer, you know, and he's obviously yeah. taken that into his, uh, into his managerial career, you know, and every credit to him, he's been really successful, you know, so let's hope he, uh, he's, he continues to enjoy his football, but not on Saturday. Yeah, well said. And then uh, very quickly, we've got Lincoln. Uh, Obviously, played the same as everybody else. One, two, drawn two, lost four. Uh, but they've got a, a, an even goal difference. So, they've had a, a pretty good start. 
having had a good season last season, I think they'll probably be disappointed with the start, though, Joe. Yeah, no, uh, the, the, they have obviously they've picked up a little bit now, but they, they, they were quite slow to start off with, which, was, which came as a bit of a surprise when I know, I know what I watched them a bit in the playoffs last season. I, I really like them, I really like watching them. So, and they've got a really good manager, Michael Appleton, as well. So, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise that you know they had a bit of a slow start, but I suppose you know that. Uh, they have, they have, they've got good crowds there, obviously. They pretty much pack out the ground with about, I think it's about 10,000 or something. So, you know, they've got decent crowds. But like, like you say, they're not one of the big boys in the division when you compare to some of the sides that are there. So ultimately, you know, they are going to go through bad patches. But as they showed last season, you know, they've got it well within them as a, as a club to you know push push to the kind of upper, upper parts of the league if they're smart and they kind of, you know, do things well. And that's what they seem to be doing. But yeah, so it'll be it'll be definitely be a good game. Uh, you know, Michael Appleton traditionally likes to play like quite a nice brand of football, quite attacking as well. So hopefully, it should be exciting. Couldn't call it, could you? If, if, if you predict the results, you'd probably win the lot, win the lottery as well. You know, you can't. It's, uh, it's just too difficult to call. Yeah, I mean, you, you see us beating uh, Sheffield Wednesday and then and then going and losing to Doncaster. You know, you just you just never know. That's the beauty of this league at the moment, isn't it? Everybody's capable of beating everybody else at the moment. Look at the last three results they've lost: being Cambridge five-one away, drawn yeah. with Rotherham, we know we're a good team, and then lost to Ipswich at home. Yeah, you know. Uh, I think Charlie's got his stats handy there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn right. So, are you are you are you up for these two games, Charlie? Yeah, both. Yeah, I'm up for five days. Wife not be. All right. <laughs> yeah, you're heading north. You're heading north. Heading north, with, heading north with, with my golf clubs, obviously. And your boot full of mushy peas as well. Yeah, and, and ten mushy peas in case it's frozen peas again. So yet again, John, I'll, I'll come finally to you, uh, Lincoln. Um, again, slightly different proposition to Accrington, but you, you know what you're up against with, as, as Joel said, with Michael Appleton, don't you? Yeah, they're, they're, I think they're going to be up there come the end of the season. You know, they've got. Um, a really, really good squad. I think they got a good manager, uh, and again, he's proved successful. They've they've been successful, and last year I think they, they you know, tough, tough sides to play against. Um, all tough games in this league, as as everyone's spoken about and alluded to. So, you know, again, we can go into that game hopefully with with three points against Accrington, and and, and we'll be on a high. So. Well, looking at them, Accrington is slightly above us, Lincoln slightly below us. By the time we next speak, uh, you two, we, it could have all changed. So that's just the way, that's the way this division goes, isn't it? Like you said, Freeze, you know, if we, if, if we got three, three points, we'd probably be happy, wouldn't we? Yeah, it's, it's better. I always think it's better. And that really comes from last season, John, because obviously we won half of our games last season, 23 out of 46. And that got us into the position last year, didn't it? Yeah, it does. Again, you know, although you don't like losing games, you'd rather win one and lose one than draw two. You know, the feelings are totally, totally different. So, you know, it's 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 balancing everything out. But yeah, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll be happy come uh, come next weekend. I hope you're right, and I hope. Uh, I hope my daft questions and Joel's searching questions haven't put you off coming on again because it's been a joy having you on. Uh, You've you've been absolutely, absolutely brilliant. I particularly like the Voronin story. Charlie, have you got anything to add from the the boardroom other than mushy peas? (laughs) 
No, apart from, the, you know, James and I have, have, have assessed the three-year plan um, that, uh, and the achievements so far, and Ryan Dave is going to be um, talking about the next phase of what we're going to be doing in the next couple of weeks, so have a, have a watch out. Well, that, that'll be good, because you can have a, a world exclusive and you can release it on here. I'm quite happy for that. <laughs> so thanks for joining us. This has been uh, another episode of The Shrimp Net. Uh, it, it's been fun to talk to John McMahon, as usual, Charlie from the boardroom and Joel from the Shrimps Trust. If you aren't a member of the Shrimps Trust, uh, please do join. Uh, have we got over 600 now, Joel? Yeah, quite comfortably over 600, I think. And I think we've just got some new uh, another little key rings here in the membership packs. We've got a few more of those. So. Oh, there you are. You see, I've got them. And I, 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 I went to Aldi today and used it in my trolley. So it I know, yeah. Out. Lovely. Absolutely. Uh, th- lovely. Thanks for listening to this. Um, it's been fun as always. We really do appreciate you listening. Thank you to uh, Ryan Daly from the club who's now putting this on the, the club website so there's a, a link to it because the traffic's increased uh, 20-fold now. Thanks, Ryan Daly, for that and also keep up the good work. This has been Shrimp Net. Join us again next week. <laughs>